0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: This episode is marked for sensitive content. Please check content warnings and the episode description before listening. This week on The Breakup Breakdown.
0: He's like, you don't understand. We're not breaking up until I say we're done. And I said, no. We're done because we're done. One day, this guy calls me and he says, we're gonna leave this in peace. I wanna end things with you correctly. Let's go have dinner. He was gonna come pick me up. Instead of going towards the restaurant, he got on the freeway. He misses the third exit. By this time, I was scared, I was kind of shaky, and I was telling him, take me
1: home. And he tosses my phone out of the car window. <gasps> the gasp that I gasped during this episode, let me tell you, this ranks up there with some of the most shocking episodes I've put out so far. Hey, what's up? It's Abby from The Breakup Breakdown. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode. If you're new here, this podcast gets to the bottom of those messy breakups that you wanna know more about, whether it's like that girl that you follow on Instagram who deleted her engagement photos out of nowhere or something you saw on TikTok and you wanted more details or it could even be your own breakup story. Whatever it is, you know we love hearing the story and getting all those good lessons. So if you have a submission, please check the episode description. There is a submission form linked there. And also while you're there, This is the final week to get your tickets to the Breakup Breakdown podcast brunch going down on September 23rd in Atlanta, Georgia. And as always, if you want to jump to a certain part of the interview, you can check timestamps in the episode description. Hey, Heartbreakers. Welcome back to another episode of The Breakup Breakdown. Thanks again for tuning in. So this week, we've got a submission about a woman who was accused of bigamy by her ex. And if you don't know what that is like, I didn't just stick around. I'll fill you in. But before we get into that, every week we give a shout out to a different domestic violence shelter throughout the country just to raise awareness, you know, if you feel like supporting. And this week we're giving a shout out to women in transition in Philadelphia. Not only do they help women get out of dangerous situations, they also prevent them. They also do women's self defense classes, which is so important, especially in a big city if you're living somewhere like Philadelphia, Dallas, Atlanta, or really anywhere. Those skills are so important no matter where you live, especially if you're a woman. So if you want to check out how you can support their organization, I'm going to link all those details in the episode description. Also, this is the final week leading up to the Breakup Breakdown brunch in Atlanta, Georgia. I am seriously so excited. I have been finalizing the details with the person who's going to be interviewed on stage for the live event. If you live in Atlanta, I think you'll probably know who this person is when they come up on stage. And I think you probably are already invested in their love story, question mark. So definitely get your ticket. Those details are in the episode description. The tickets are 50 bucks, but it does include a brunch. So it's not like $50 to come see me. It's like basically you're paying for food and there will be a cash bar so you can and have some nice beverages. And I have to say, I was at Five Church this weekend, which is where the event's taking place, and it's so nice. It's right in the middle of Midtown. It has a gorgeous outdoor patio where you can see the skyline, and you can hang out meet other listeners. A lot of people are going by themselves, so if you're a little bit nervous about showing up alone, don't worry. Like, literally, so many people are coming by themselves, and if you have a dietary restriction, like if you're gluten-free or if you're vegan, I did talk to Five Church, and they said that they can make accommodations, so if you're worried about that, we can definitely work some Out for you as well. Again, those details are in the episode description, per usual. So let's get into this week's submission. So I got a submission that, and I'll just give you the headline because this is what sucked me in. The submission started out by saying that a woman in this relationship or ex relationship was accused of bigamy, and I'll do the Google search so you don't have to. Basically, bigamy is the act of going through a marriage ceremony while you're already married to another person. Sounds pretty messy, but also a lot less scary than when you actually spell it out. Bigamy just sounds like really big and frightening, like some massive crime. But this submission detailed about how this woman says she had to prove that she hadn't been married twice, which is wild because it's not easy to get married. You know what I mean? It's a pretty black and white thing in the eyes of the law. Like You have to get a marriage license. You have to go a win- You have to sign. Like it's not. It's not something you can really just fake. So at first read, I was like, well, this sounds like it could be pretty interesting. You know, why is this guy accusing her if she says they never got hitched? Or did maybe they do some kind of ceremony, but there was no license, so he's threatening her that way. Did they get married in a different country? You know, I always get excited when we have a different type of story to talk about different topics. It's always interesting to hear people's stories. So you know what? I'm ready to get into it when we break down this week's breakup. I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights make it spicy. My margaritas make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you got to have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the tent between you and someone else or if it's a single girl summer. There's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't gotta worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery. Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging. So you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast. So be sure to use code Abby to get your discount code Abby. It's finally not a miserable temperature outside, which only means one thing. Summer is coming up and let's make one thing clear. There is Hibernation Abbey and there is Summer Abbey. And Summer Abbey likes to feel light and healthy. That's why I've been trying out meals from Factor. They've got meals shipped to your house that are super easy to heat up in a jiffy. And you're probably like ew, refrigerated meal? That must be so unhealthy and gross? No. I can confirm these are delicious and they have so many different options like calorie smart, keto, protein plus, or vegan and veggie. You can also add on more than 60 add-ons every single week like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. You get chef-prepared meals on the table in two minutes with Factors ready-to-eat meals so you can get back to doing what you love this spring and you don't have to clean anything up. Head to Factormeals.com slash Breakup50 and use code BREAKUP50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code BREAKUP50 at Factormeals.com slash BREAKUP50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active.
0: So I met this young gentleman through my father, apparently my father hired him to work on a, on his car or something like that. And I didn't know him much at the time. And I, I honestly never noticed him. And he came to the house quite often, but I was pretty blindsided because my mom was occupied. So I made him, met him through my dad. And one of his good, good features, at least for me, was that since my family's very religion orientated, he was basically in the same field as us. So that was kind of a mutual attraction. Um, so my dad introduced them to me. Funny thing, he introduced them to me. Two days before my 18th birthday, um, my dad had you know, worked night shift. And my dad said, Hey, he called me, he said, you know, Mija, can you go ahead and leave the door front door open? I guess he had left his keys. I don't know where he left his keys. And I said, sure. And as I was falling asleep, I called me again and he says, Hey, I'm gonna get off of work early. So and so is going to the house. And I was like, who? And he's like, so and so. And I'm like, I don't know who you're talking about. And he goes, you know, the guy that works in the car. And I was like, at this time, <laughs> it was pretty late, it might have been like almost midnight. And he was like, Yeah, in case he gets there pretty early, um just know he's supposed to be there. And I was like, This is an odd time working on a car, but okay. So, sure enough, he gets there way before my dad got there. And so, I opened the door, here I am on my robe, kind of like sleepy. And I'm like, Hey, my dad, let me know you're coming over. It's like, Yeah, you know, if you don't mind me coming in, it was pretty cold. And I go, Sure, come on in. So, that was my first memory as interaction with him he had seen me before but again i never i never really paid attention so my first interaction was with him with that you know small talk hey how are you how's work you know he asked me how are you and that's where a little of the
1: spike of interest came in of who he was and at what point do things turn less friendly and more like romantic? Where do things go from there? At the time I was trying to get
0: my so-called friend jealous because my friend wouldn't be the man and go ask my dad for permission for me to go um, out on a date with him or at least permission for us to date and that was a very high standard on my part on wanting The guy to, you know, every reality, go ask my dad for permission. I don't want to do this out of the context. So because that didn't happen, um, I went ahead and told this guy, hey, do you want to hang out? And he goes, Oh, sure, why not? You know, me and your dad are friends. I don't see why we can't be friends. And I was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) So that came in. And we started hanging out a little bit more often, he would come over more often, I would obviously see him at the house. And then our family was just gathering going out to eat or just at the house barbecuing, whatever it was, it seemed like he was hanging out a lot more at the house. So my so-called friend decided to back off once he realized that there was someone new in my life. Mm -hmm. And so um, one day he came up to me and he said, hey, so I do have an interest in you. And, you know, In a way, I kind of felt, it felt good, but in a way it didn't because I liked them as a friend, but not more than that. I was interested in somebody else. But because I wanted to get that somebody else jealous, I said, ooh, this is a perfect way to get his attention. And I, all right, we can do something about this. So sure enough, before I could even tell him to, you know, my request, you have to go through my dad. He did that on his own. He did that completely on his own. In my mind, anytime anybody ever wanted to date me, I wanted them to go with my dad first, talk with my dad, make sure that we are compatible even in our religion. Just simple, the simple fact because I've seen other people have that that controversy when you have a faith and then they don't and it gets messy so I I had that in my mind I want someone to have the same um, practice the same faith I have so there were so many little bars I had and he met all of them he seemed like the guy Like the guy I had been waiting for. The only difference was that he wasn't the guy I wanted him to be. (laughs) He was ideal, but I, I actually wanted someone else to do what he was doing. So he did. He went to my dad. He asked for permission. My dad thought it was a great idea. Why? Because they were friends and now we were friends and the whole family was friends. So my dad said yes right away. There was no hesitation, no nothing. He said yes. And I was like, well, let's try this out. Let's see where it goes to. So we ended up going out. And sure enough, you know, he went with me to my church. I went over to his church. It was funny because, again, there was this vision I had of what I wanted my Prince Charming to do. And he was hitting all these lines. I did not see any red flags in the sky. I was like, oh my gosh, is he really the guy? <laughs> is he really the one? Anywhere I was, if, even if I was at, at you know at a grocery store or I was hanging out with somebody, it didn't matter. If He would call me and say, hey, where are you? And I would go, oh, I'm grocery shopping or I'm with my mom or wherever it was. He's like, oh, okay. And he would be like, so-and-so store. And I would be, yeah. And he would be like, okay. And then he would hang up. And he would show up maybe 10 or 15 minutes later and offer to help with groceries, picking up, pushing the cart. Or if I was with uh, hanging out with another family friend, he would politely ask, hey, can I take her? I want to go hang out with her. He would be the most gentle guy, which for me, I'm like, wow, you're interested. You're really interested if you all of a sudden just show up and offer all these helps and offer all this kindness. Why not? So for me. I got really comfortable with him. But again, I wanted just to be friends. And it seems like he wanted a little bit more than just being friends, which I'm like, well, there's nothing to lose. There is nothing to lose. If I don't feel like it's going anywhere, then we just break up. Why, why not? So he was a perfect man, maybe in the eyes of somebody else. <laughs> he he hit all the stuff I wanted correctly. So along the way in our relationship, He had told me that he had a son, that I knew. I knew he 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 had a six-year-old son. And I remember telling him from the beginning, hey, I, I don't want to meet your son until you're comfortable with me, until you're comfortable with my family. I don't want to meet your son until I'm comfortable and um, we're in a good place. And I kind of told him a little background of my own family. Hey, you know, I've suffered this way. I've gone through this, gone through that. So I don't want to give trauma to your son unless you're OK with it, unless we're serious about things. Then introduce me to your son. So he did. I think it took about four months into a relationship. He finally brought his son over. I met his son. His son um called me by name, which was fine. And I started babysitting every now and then when I could for him, because I understood that his side gig. Hmm. So there was time where he um had his son. Um, and, and again, I didn't know exactly the relationship with the baby mama. And I wasn't really interested in knowing the relationship with the baby mama. I just told I just knew that when time came and if he was comfortable talking about it then he would tell me you know and i didn't question it either i just let it happen but the son you know talked a lot about his mom about him and and whatnot which was okay i mean i wasn't gonna stop him but um i started noticing a weird pattern that when he had time with his son He would ask me to babysit. And I was like, well, I I can babysit, but um, it's your time with your son. At at first, I I thought it was okay. (laughs) I thought it was okay at first. A helping hand. He's helping me. He's helping my family. Why can't I help him? Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, but there was times where his son would question, where's my dad? Do you know what time my dad's going to come home? Do you know what time my dad's picking me up? And I would be like, later, your dad could be here, your daddy." I didn't have answers to it, but I would distract the kid. Hey, let's go to the park. Hey, let's do this. Let's let's do that. But in my mind, I knew that if the relationship went further, I wasn't sure if I was ready to be a step-parent. Mm-hmm. So that question was in the air. I know he has a son. I know the kid is involved and now the kid knows me. But in the future, do I really want to be a step-parent? Maybe not everybody, but most people, you know, want their own family. But I was young. I was naive. I didn't think much of what people do with other families, you know, with adoptions and all that stuff. They're, you're still family. So I, I was still naive about that area. It's very inexperienced. So I was like, all right, whatever. Again, he was the ideal guy. But my so-called friend, the one I was interested, kind of started getting back in my life he apologized i I think my plan was working of getting him jealous he apologized of not being able to do what i wanted him to do was was go ask my dad for permission and go hang out and not being able to sneak around but do everything by the book there was no reason to sneak around if we could do things by the book you know it's not like what what was my dad gonna do say no. Was that the worst? Say no. (laughs) But you know, now I understand now, you know, time has gone by, I really understand why he didn't do it. So I started talking with my my friend again, and we became best friends all over again. Uh, But he knew I had a boyfriend. So my boyfriend knew of my relationship with my previous friend. He knew all that kind of stuff. So he knew that there was some type of attraction between both of us, but I let him know, hey, I'm with you. I am not gonna break this bond unless, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but you don't have to worry about him. He knows I'm with you. You know you know about him. There should be no conflict here. We could all be friends. Why not? But he had a problem about it. My boyfriend had a problem about it. He says, no, I don't really like the idea. And I go, trust me, you don't have to be jealous. You don't have to be that way. So I think the first sign of a red flag was that. But I didn't see it. I was completely blindsided. I did not see that first red flag. But the first red flag I honestly saw was I discovered I want to say a lie or a secret he was keeping from me and I, I discovered the secret through a mutual friend which was that him and his baby mama were not just baby mamas they, they were divorced so he was actually married previously and it had been about maybe six months since their divorce so that was pretty fresh when we decided to date. That was the first red flag I saw. But again, I I wasn't really in love with him. I didn't really see myself in a deep relationship with him. So I brushed it off. I said, nah, it's fine when he's ready to talk about it, he will. I should have never thought that way. I should have asked questions. I should have gotten the 411 about their relationship and I, I didn't. I didn't do that. <laughs> so that was the first red flag was that little secret, that little lie. I feel like if someone has that going on and you're four or five months into the relationship, you should come clean and say, hey, this is what's going on. Hey, this is what's you know, but that never happened and I I left it like that. Farther a longer relationship, I was in a a gas station one day and I was putting some gas into my dad's car because I didn't own one <laughs> and my dad let me borrow his car all the time and so this lady walks up to me and she says hey are you so-and-so you're so-and-so's girlfriend and I go yeah I am you know I was proud of it I'm like yeah I am she goes oh I am his ex-wife and I go what (laughs) I had no idea this lady knew about me I had no idea she even knew what I looked like or even knew my name because she called me by my name I didn't even know her name she just goes up to me and she starts having this conversation and she's like I just want to let you know that you know the reasons why we got a divorce and I told her I'm like oh there's no there's no reason to tell me why you guys got a divorce and she said no no I need you to I need to let you no, because if you go farther into the relationship with him, I'm going to feel very guilty if he starts doing things that did to me. So then she caught my interest. And I'm like, and that is. And so she starts telling me how he had a background of domestic violence he had a background of attempted suicide which in my mind i'm like we're not talking about the same guys we, this is a completely different guy she's talking about mm-hmm. and so i tell her look whatever he did with you that's not my business he's not doing that with me um and i i i really don't care And she said, no, no, no. She's like, you don't see it now, but you'll see it later. And so at first I thought she's just a jealous ex trying to get me scared. She's trying to put things in my head. And so I I didn't think much of it. I kind of was sure her and I said, have a good day. I paid for my gas and I left. But that stuck with me and it stuck in my mind. And I did mention it to him. um, And he just said, you know, she's crazy. Don't worry about it. I'll talk to her, blah, blah, blah. And that's when I confronted him. And I was like, so you were previously married? His face, he was kind of like in a shock because I had already heard it. I just didn't say anything. But until she confronted me, I was kind of open to say something. And I was like, so how come you didn't tell me you were recently divorced? And he goes, because, you know, my past has nothing to do with our relationship. And I told him, I blurted out my past. I was open to you the trauma I've been through and what, you know, my family dynamic is. Don't you think it was a good idea to maybe tell me a little bit about you? And he said, well, you've never asked. (laughs) And I go, do I have to ask? You can't volunteer to share it. But guys are very different than women. More guys are observed and whatnot. So I tried keeping that in my head. I'm like, don't worry about it. When things happen, it will happen. If it happens, then good. So I didn't ask anything else but my third red flag here so the second red flag was his ex-wife and the background she gave me that was my red flag I'm like this can't be the same guy we're not talking about the same guy this guy that she's mentioning is, is is not the same guy my third red flag was he was working at our house doing his mechanic stuff so he wouldn't go to some other house to do it he was doing it at my house. So literally, I was with him, maybe six days out of the whole week. It's like if he lived at my house, which again, what girl wouldn't want their boyfriend to be comfortable in their house and come and go as they please. I mean, to me, I'm like, wow, okay, you're so comfortable. You like my family, my family likes you. Sure. But um when I started telling him about his son and what his son was telling me about how he needed to bond a little bit more with his son and you know be a little bit proactive with him and he said he doesn't need that and I go why not and he goes his mom does that and I go "Mm, that's not how it works you know two parents and he said don't worry about it you know um my relationship with my son is you know our relationship um you you don't understand and I go okay That's fine. But again, the son would tell me things that I couldn't avoid the son to tell me. And I I didn't ask questions to the son. I respected. I was not going to snoop around. But his son mentioned that daddy came over sometimes in the night. And I go, that's nice. That's so cute. I'm like, does he tuck you in? Does he does he read books to you? And he goes, no, he sends me to sleep. But, you know, sometimes he comes over to have dinner and I go, huh you do leave sometimes and you you, sometimes your phone rings and you leave at a certain hour. I didn't think much of it, but the, child was telling me and i did not listen the child was telling me what was going on (laughs) so when i started talking to my soul best friend again i started telling him what was going on in my relationship and you know everything i'm telling you here that's exactly how i talked to my best friend his son said this his son said that and my friend was like you need to watch out that doesn't sound right and i go well i'm like i don't believe our relationship is going to go further And my soul friend said, have you told him we talk? And I go, well, he knows we're friends, but I I don't think I've had the need to tell him that we talk. And he goes, why don't you tell him and see his reaction? And I'm like, for what? And he goes, well, if his ex-wife said X, Y, and Z, test it out. And I go, that's ridiculous. I'm not going to do that. And so one day I was on my phone. I was on my phone and we were having um some type of dinner at the house more like barbecue was it during the day and my dad has always taught me that if you get an important phone call or whatever it is polite for you to step away take your phone call once you're done with your phone call come back in and now as an adult i completely understand that because sometimes People come over. I'm talking with somebody, and there someone can be on the phone so loud and it's so rude when you're trying to have a conversation with somebody else. Someone's having some other conversation, or they're laughing hysterically. Yeah. Like it's really rude. <laughs> um, so I understand now why my dad used to tell me to do that. So it was custom in our family to do that. Just step away. And so I remember looking down and I saw who it was from, and I kind of declined the call. And so then he called again, it was my soul friend. And so I look at the call and I remember my boyfriend leads over to see the call, see who's calling and he gives me the dirtiest look ever. And so I get up and I, I excuse myself, I go take the call and I come back. And so I had told my friend, hey, I'm in a dinner, I'll call you later or just text me. And so my boyfriend gets closer to me and he says, who called you? And so I say, don't worry about it. It's not, nobody important. And then he says it again, but in much aggressive voice. He's like, who called you? And then I say, oh, and I mention his name. And he's like, I didn't know you still talk to him. And I go, yeah, what do you mean? You, you know, we're friends. My parents know I talked to him. And my dad's like, oh, yeah, he's a great guy. And I was like, yeah, he's just a friend. And he goes, huh? But that, Huh? That huh wasn't like, it was okay. That huh was like, okay. Like, it it was an aggressive huh. I should have seen that right there. And I didn't. I just brushed it away. (laughs) I brushed away, continued. And later on, he talked to me about it. And he told me how uncomfortable he was about it. And he didn't want me to be friends with him anymore and to break that relationship. And I told him well, he's just a friend, you shouldn't feel threatened by him. What is it that you don't like about him? And he goes, you just shouldn't have guy friends at all. You're with me. You should not have any guy friends at all. And I go, well, don't you have girls that are friends? And he goes, No, I don't. And I go, huh, because I know a few girls in your church who are very friendly with you. You know, he was giving me that energy. So I gave him the energy back. I'm like, Bro, you can't you you can't give me some rules and you not follow them. Doesn't work like that. And so I told them how open I was. I'm like, look, I can have friends and that doesn't mean anything. You can have friends and that doesn't mean anything. As long as we respect each other and as long as we're in the same mutual agreement, there shouldn't be a problem. And he goes, No, no, no. You should not have any male friends. You're with me. And if you're gonna go hang out with a male friend, then you're inviting me too. And I go, "Mm, no, that that doesn't work out that way. If I want to hang out with my friends, I'm going to go with them, whether you like it or whether you don't. The only person I should be asking for permission is my father. And then he goes, well, yeah, of course, you should ask permission to your father, but you should let me know wherever you go. Um, No, no, I should not. Maybe for safety. If I'm I'm in a bar where I I don't know people, if I'm alone, then yeah, I'm going to you know, share my location or something just for you to be aware of where I am. But other than that, no. That's where the decline started. Ever since that conversation, his true self started coming out little by little. There was occasions where he would sit next to me and pretend to hug me, but squeeze me a bit harder than usual, which, you know, a a hug is cute. A little tight hug is cute, but the, the aggression, he would do it. I could tell was a normal, and I could tell it wasn't uh, a sincere hug or a sincere side hug or whatever it is. It seemed more aggressive and as I started seeing more and more signs, I kept thinking, and his ex wife's voice would revolve in my head. I would think about everything she would tell me and the specifics of everything she told me, so I did run into, I ran into her a second time. And this, this wasn't, I, I, I hope it wasn't casual, but I did run into her a second time. And this was more like at a convenience store. And she asked me how my relationship was with him. And I didn't really want to share anything to her, uh, not knowing what was going on. And she blurted out that he came over a lot. And I go, oh yeah, your son has mentioned it. And she, she goes, oh you know he sleeps over. And I go, oh, I had no idea. But at this point, it seemed like she was giving me information that I really didn't have to know. It seems like she wanted us to break up or wanted us to fight. So I don't know how much information he was giving her. I don't know if he was uh, making it seem like our relationship was, you know, roses and flowers and, you know, whatnot. But it seemed like she was uh, a little bit jealous and again i didn't care because he wasn't the man i wanted to be with and so i started telling my friend hey i ran into her she said this she said that she said here and there So then I finally questioned him because my friend told me, how about you start asking questions? How about you start taking his word? And, you know, he he told from the beginning, you haven't asked questions. Why should he reveal anything? Why don't you start asking the questions that you deserve to know? So I did. I sat him down and I said, I want to know about your marriage. I want to know why you guys broke up. I want to know the whole nine yard. He didn't want to say anything. He did not want to tell me anything. And I told them, fine. You don't want to tell me about your relationship. That's fine. But I I don't think our relationship can continue. So it wasn't until I gave him an ultimatum that he finally said something. But I think he only said what I wanted to hear. He didn't give me the whole story. He only said what I wanted to hear. And so he just told me about, you know, how how long he was married, um, how she had two previous kids, their relationship had broken up just because, you know, they weren't getting along and, you know, they stayed as friends and he he helps her out when she needs it and whatnot. And I was like, so you still go over to her house to do what? And he goes, you know, sometimes she needs help with some heavy stuff or things around the house. And I go, well, my understanding is that if you are divorced, there's no reason for you to go over unless it's picking up your child, unless your child's endangered or unless there's any, any good reason. And he goes, no, no. He's like, I only go if she needs me. And he's like, and why not? It's, you know, that's what, that's where my son lives and I want him to be saved. So if she needs help, then I should help. Right. And I go, No. <laughs> no, honey boo boo, that's not how it works. There's many other men that can do that same job. But I brushed it off and I was like, "Whatever. I don't care. This this doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like we're going to end up together regardless." And so in my mind I already had I I need to break up with him. I I don't like this dynamic. I don't like where this is going. I don't like this misinformation. I I don't like his aggression towards me. So in in the back of my mind, I knew this was coming up and I knew it had to happen. Uh, But I didn't know when, I didn't know how, I didn't know how to just get it over with. He had introduced me to some other other friends he had and so we started becoming mutual friends and whatnot and there was people that I already knew um and I didn't know they knew each other so when I would run into these people and they would say oh you guys are dating and I would go yeah they they, their face was not delight their face did not show oh it's a good thing and every time I asked somebody what do you guys know about them?" or like is there something I can be alerted They would just stay quiet and they would go, no, no, no. Maybe you should ask him. You know, I don't want to get in the middle of it. So that gave me a sign several times from several people that there was more than I needed to know. But my dilemma was, why wasn't anybody telling me what I needed to know? Like, see, I get it. People don't want to get in the middle of it. People don't want to get involved. But it seemed like there was something I needed to know and nobody was saying it. And every time I asked him, he just wouldn't tell me. So... One day I decided to follow him. I told him I was going to go. I don't remember what was my lie. I was just going to be busy that day. And I decided to follow him. And I followed him all the way to his ex house. He was there from noon until around five in the afternoon. I don't think she needs much fixing that long. Your children in school at that hour. (laughs) I saw when the sun got off the bus. I saw when the rest of the kids showed up. And it seemed like he was living a double life. And so I decided to do that for the next three days. And sure enough, he was going over. So when I confronted him about this, and I didn't tell him that I followed him. All I told him was that, hey, I'm hearing that you're over at your ex pretty often. And he's like, from who? I'm like, you don't need to know my source. I have proof that you've been over there. So I had taken the pictures I had taken, you know, but I, I was showing him I'm like, these were sent to me. So he's telling me, Oh, it's because you know, there's some final um, signatures for our divorce. There's some final things that we haven't, you know, finished and I go, shouldn't you do that with the lawyer? Shouldn't you do that at a restaurant at the courthouse somewhere where it's not at her house for five hours? I don't think your signature needs that long. So his face was like I was caught, but he wasn't about to admit to it. So I decided that was the perfect time to break it off. And I said, this isn't working out for us. I am so sorry. Um, I've never been divorced. I, I, I don't have children. I don't have any of that. And I kind of told him what I wanted to do. I had just gotten a scholarship for the medical field. And this was in a, in a school, very well known here in Oregon. It's called OHSU. And it's very well known for um, being internship and practices, being pretty much hands on instead of going to a community school. So I had gotten a scholarship and my time was running out because they only gave me one year to go ahead and redeem and be able to get into the school and whatnot. And I hadn't done it. And so I told him, I am I, going to move. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And that's what I'm going to pursue. And he goes, doesn't your friend live in? B-? And I go, oh, yeah, he does, doesn't he? And he goes, yeah, that's not going to work out for me. And I was like, well, it's going to work out for me. And he goes, no, no. He's like, you don't understand. We're not breaking up until I say we're done. And I said, no, we're done because we're done. He repeated it and said, no, we're not done until we were done. That, I I got very infuriated of that. I was torn and I was pretty upset. And I go, you're not about to control me. So the first thing I did was go to my father. And I told my father the whole nine yard. I told my dad what was going on. I had kind of told them things. And it seemed like my dad already knew about his Divorce. It got me upset. Why didn't he tell me? But at the same time, I'm like, maybe my dad was just, you know, letting me hit a couple bumps, knowing that I wasn't going to stay in the relationship. Maybe he didn't want to get involved, making it seem that he was the one who was going to tear us apart. So I had many conclusions in my head why things were happening the way they were happening, but I never asked. I should have asked. I should have asked everybody why weren't they saying anything? But I tried justifying people's actions, which I think that's the worst part is justifying them. My dad did speak to him. My dad did tell him, hey, my daughter doesn't want you coming around. I'm so sorry. You can't come around. If she says it's over, it's over. And he would call me. He would text me wherever I was. He would show up. So he was being pretty stalkerish. And um, at that time, I I was pretty uh, fit. So I would go work out or I would um, try to go on afternoon jogs. Since he was being a little bit stalkerish, I just tried doing things more during the broad daylight. And this one time my mom, you know, she went with me on quote, unquote, a jog, even though she was holding me back. (laughs) And my mom said, Hey, isn't that him parked over there? And I'm like, Mom, don't worry about it. You know, you know, maybe he's doing a job or something. And she's like, No, that's him. And I'm like, Yeah, that is him. So my, my mom was pretty on the defensive side. The one thing I can say about my mom is that she defended me the whole way. She defended me the whole way. And the thing with my mom is once you get on her bad side, there's no going back. Mm-mm. That's one thing about my mom. Once you're on her bad side, uh-uh, don't you mess with her kids. <laughs> so my mom would give me advice. My mom would tell me just, you know, don't listen to him. Don't worry about it. You know, if you want to move out there, let's start looking for, you know, a place for you to stay. So that was her mindset. That was her plan. But he was just being so... So harassing me in so many different ways. He would show up wherever it was, even to my church, even my church, he would show up and he would go sit next to me. I was not about to make a scene at the church. I was not, you know, so I, I would volunteer all the time to go help out in the nursery. I would volunteer to go help out in the nursery. I would have volunteered to do other stuff. To not sit next to him, I hadn't told anybody that we had been, we were broken up. Mm -hmm. So he would take advantage of that, and that's why he would go sit next to me. So people would say hi to him and whatnot, and I wasn't about to tell a whole church we had broken up. The only important people that needed to know were my parents. So my dad saw that, but my dad brushed it off, and my dad would say he he's gonna get tired sooner or later. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But. Since my dad and him were friends, they communicated a lot. So every time my dad would say, don't worry about it, I thought that my dad was handling it for me. But this guy was so manipulative. Oh, man, he was so manipulative and very good with his words. He had twisted it around and told my father that it was me. He had said that I was the problem, that I was talking with another guy, that I was the one, you know, going secretive with somebody else. And so my father would tell him, don't worry about it. She's young. She's exploring. She's here and there. Just be patient with her. So my dad was a double agent. He was a double agent, (laughs) but I had all the trust in the world. And I was like, my dad will do what he thinks it's right. So my, you know, um, one day this guy calls me and he says, Hey, I spoke to your dad, your dad finally, you know, talked to me and we're going to leave this in peace. I want to end things with you correctly. Let's go have dinner and, you know, let's just leave it at at, like that. And I go, well, that's what I've been trying to do this whole entire time, man, what the heck? So in that course of time, my so-called friend, you know, me and him were furthering our relationship. We were getting a little bit closer, we were talking a bit more. He had finally kind of come around. His thought was, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do what you wanted me to do. I'm gonna ask your dad. But I had told them, give me time because right now the the seat is hot. Right now, things are just moving around and let's wait a little bit. So then I was the one telling him to wait, even though I was the one wanting him from the beginning. Um, so when I told my friend hey so he said this he asked to have dinner he asked here and there and he said this doesn't sound right and I go well let's just let's finalize this with him and you know once we finalize things with him then we can move on we can do the things correctly let's let's just give him what he wants and he would tell me I'm not gonna tell you what to do if you want to go on that dinner, go for it. He's like, just keep me keep me in the loop the whole entire time. And I go for sure, you know, yeah, I'm going to keep you in the loop. So uh, my dad worked very late hours, like I had mentioned from the beginning. And the one thing about my dad is that if I couldn't get a hold of my dad, I would just text him. And my dad would read the text whenever he could or give me a call whenever he could. And so um, I text my dad and I said, hey dad, so-and-so said that he already talked to you. We're going to go out to eat and the place he wanted to take me was at least maybe 45 blocks away. It wasn't far far from the house. I said, we're going to go now and um, I'll text you when we come back. Again, my dad was working. He didn't see the message. Before he picked me up, my dad called me and he said, he never called me. And I go, what do you mean, dad? And he goes, you said that he said that I, that he called me and I go, yeah, that's what he said. He said he had talked to you. My dad goes, no, he didn't. And he's like, okay, that's fine. Well, thank you for letting me know. Go, go ahead and go. Just don't get home so late. And I go, I won't, you know, it's just going to be a dinner. Don't worry about it. Maybe like two hours max. And my dad's like, yeah, you know, go ahead, mija, get things done, finalize it. And if, you know, if it didn't work out, it didn't work out. It's best for you guys to leave things in peace. Then um, in the future, see each other, see each other with hate. He's like, just leave it in peace. And I go, okay, dad. So I left it at that. Again, my so-called friend said the same thing. He's like, keep me in the loop. Um, if you see anything, just leave. We also, so the plan was that he was going to come pick me up and we were going to go have dinner. And so I waited for him. He showed up. And so um, he says, oh, we're going to go to so and so restaurant. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I told my dad we're going to be there. And he goes, oh, okay, that's fine. So in order to get to this restaurant, we needed to pass the freeway, um, which right after the freeway, the first entrance, that's where the restaurant was. So instead of going towards the restaurant, he got on the freeway. And so I looked at him and I'm like, What the heck? And I'm like, I thought we were going so-and-so. And and he says, oh, we are. He said, "Um, we are, but I don't like that location because it gets really busy. Let's go to the other one. And I go, hmm, I don't think so. I'm like, I told my dad, this is what we're going to be. So we should go there. And so he goes, oh, that's fine. Let me just, you know, I'll get off at the first exit and we can come back. And I said, okay, let's do that. So he gets Um, he, you know, he's on the freeway and he misses the first exit. And so I look at him again and he's like, Oh my gosh, he says, I'm so sorry. I I didn't see the exit. We'll just get off the nexus exit. And so at this point I was messaging my soul friend and I'm like, dude, this seems so sketchy. He missed the first exit. I don't know what to do. What should we do? And he goes, tell him to take you home. He's like, that's not okay. That's not, that's not how it is. Tell him to take you home. And so I tell him, I want to go home. I don't even want to do this anymore. And so he goes, Okay, well, let me go back. And I go, Okay, he misses the third exit. By this time, I was kind of scared. I was kind of shaky. And I was telling him, take me home, take me home. So he sees me on the phone texting, he takes the phone off of my hands. He looks who I'm texting, and he gets angry. He went from zero to 10 in seconds. And he tosses my phone out of the car window. So I had no way of calling anybody, anybody at all. So he tosses the phone out of the window and he starts going off on me saying, why why, why am I still talking to him? Why am I messaging him? Why here and there, here and there? And um, I'm here yelling at him, telling him to turn around, get me out of the car. I'm trying to do something. And he's just raging. I finally realized that I cannot open the car. So oh I don't know if I was in child lock or what the heck, but I, I could not open the car. And that little part of the, the, you know, when, when you tap that little part where you can lock yourself in and lock yourself out, that was disabled. It seemed like he had unscrewed that part so I couldn't unlock and lock, but I couldn't open the door either. So when we went to dinner, this was somewhere around nine-ish at night, Nobody was on the freeway at nine. So, who was I supposed to flag down? Who was I supposed to, you know, call or message? There was no way. I went into panic mode right away. I was panicking. I was yelling. I was crying. I was sobbing. He was just out of rage, just yelling things at me over and over and over. And so my mind started, you know, I started going through my mind, man, what if I go missing? What if this? What if that? What do you know? So many things, so many scenarios went to my head. And I finally started telling myself, calm down, calm down. Think of a plan. Think of something, you know, do something. And so he was furious. And I told him, well, where are you taking me? And he goes, it doesn't matter where I'm taking you. Just know that we're leaving here. And so in the course of four hours is what it took four hours for this man to stop. In my mind, I said, he has to stop for gas. He has to stop for this. I'm going to start complaining that I'm hungry, that I have to pee, that I have to hear, I have to there. He was he was just furious. He was he was going at a very high speed. I, I, I think he was going, if I'm not mistaken, at 80 the whole time. And so anytime I tried moving, anytime I tried opening the door, anytime I tried, he was very furious and he would hold on to me and he would just yell at me. And I kept telling him, you do know this is kidnapping. And he's like, no, it's not. No, it's not. Because we're still together. And I go, no, we're not. We're not together. And so it was four hours until I started complaining. I started saying I'm hungry. I have to pee. I have to this. I have to that. And sure enough, his gas had run down. His gas had run down. And um, I had told him, I need to use the restroom. And he goes, well, if you're going to go to the bathroom, you're going to go with me. And I go, what well, does it matter? The, the point of this was that I needed to get off of that car. I needed to get off. I was panicking so many things were going through my mind my face just looked horrible how much I had been sobbing um I didn't even know how far we had gone I wasn't sure until we got off the first exit sure enough we get off and I recognized the town we were in because I have a few friends there I recognize the town and I tell him hey I want to go to the bathroom he goes let's go so he puts his arm over my shoulders, like if he's hugging me, we walk in, he asks the the cashier for the, you know, restroom keys. And here I am thinking, I'm going to go to the bathroom, I'm going to get out through a window, I'm going to lock myself in, I'm going to do something. Well, doesn't this man go in the bathroom with me? He goes in the bathroom with me and he goes pee. And I go, no, get out. And he goes, nope, you're going to pee right in front of me. He's like, there's no way you're going to go in this bathroom alone i started sobbing all over again i'm like what the heck everything that his ex-wife had said was coming to reality his attitude the the aggression um the the way he was speaking to me the way he was acting it seemed like a switch had flipped the one man i had known from the beginning wasn't him anymore he was some other man. Now I use the restroom, we come out, I ask him if I can get some stuff. And so he I grab some chips, and I grab, you know, a drink and we go to the cashier. And here I am kind of shaking. I'm very nervous. And I tell the cashier, hey, can I, are we able to use your phone is the public able to use a phone. And so his hand again was around my shoulder and he starts squeezing me. And so I shout and I'm like, ouch, I'm like, that hurts. And he's just looking at me with the eyes of like, I'm about to smack you. And so the young man, um, the cashier, he seemed like he was 18, 19. He seemed very young and he laughs and he goes, yeah, for sure. You know, if you need to use it, of course you can use it. And I told him, I was like, OK, can I use it? And then my, my you know, the guy starts squeezing me again and I yell again. That really hurts. Stop doing that. And so he grabs onto my hand and starts you know, pulling me. It's time to go. We're done here. You don't need that. Let's go. And so I start yelling and I tell the guy, the cashier guy, and I'm like, hey, so I am being held without, you know, under my will. Um, He is, he's been driving me for four hours. You need to call 911 because this is kidnapping. So the guy looks at me, he starts laughing, thinking that I'm joking. And I start shouting it again. I'm like, he is kidnapping me. I am being taken under my, my own will. I'm like, call 911. And so, the guy that was pumping the gas comes in and he goes whoa 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 what's going on so I yell it again the third time and so here the other guy's like hey man leave her alone leave her alone let her go stop yanking on her and so he kind of panicked he got nervous he got in the car and took off and so there I am in a gas station sobbing my eyes out. And the you know, the two guys were trying to console me telling me to calm down the cops were on their way. Sure enough, the cops, the cops come, they take me to the station, I give a full report. And he tells me, Is there anybody who can come pick you up? And I go, Yeah, for sure. So I call my dad at this point, you know, I had forgotten how much time had passed by. When I called my father, my father was furious. My father was yelling over the phone telling me, what you know telling me all this stuff and telling me the same way I left I needed to come back home my father had in his mind that I had run away with this man because this guy had manipulated him from the beginning and had already told my father that I was a problem so here my father was taking his side and just yelling saying no I will not drive four hours to come pick you up come back home exactly how you left I didn't know that my so-called friend had contacted my father after an hour that I wouldn't respond my phone. He had contacted my father and he had told my father, hey, um, she told me she was at this location. She told me this, she told me that. He was giving valuable information to my father. But because this man had intervened and told my father that me and him had something going on, my father did not believe us at all. So there I am, distraught that I had just been kidnapped. And two, that the, the one person I thought would come rescue me was turning his back on me. So I told the the policeman, I'm like, I have nobody else I can call. And he told me there was no way they could take me all the way out there because legally I was an adult. So I remember telling the cops, hey, I have somebody else I can call. So I called my so-called friend and my so-called friend said, I've been waiting for your call. Where are you? What's going on? I'm here in town. I've been here for the past four hours. Your dad said this, your dad said that, your dad, you know, and I told him, I know I spoke to my father and he says, where are you? So I kind of gave him a little, little resume of what happened in the last four hours. So my so-called friend said, don't worry about it, I'm on my way. So he traveled four hours to come pick me up at a different city. I was very grateful for him. I didn't think he was gonna be my last resource, and he was. He came and picked me up the four hours on our way back home, you know, after sobbing for such a long time. Um, I think it was like 30 minutes into the ride that he told me, look, I need to talk to you. And I go, yeah. And he goes, I don't want this drama in my life. That's So my so-called friend said, I don't want this type of drama in my life. I'm going to give you two options. He's like, first option is either, you know, we get close to your house and we drop you off. Or second option is I keep driving and you go home with me. So I already knew what was going to happen if I went home. I already knew who was going to be waiting there. I already knew the manipulation. I knew the whole dynamic that was happening in my household. And did I really want to go back home? I didn't. And he just presented a second opportunity that I wanted from the beginning. So before we get off um, the freeway on on our way back home... I took option number two. And I said, don't drop me off. Let's go. <laughs> so sure enough, we took off and I came to live with him. Instead, we obviously got married. We did everything we needed to do. Um, but a couple months into our relationship, I ended up getting you know, a notice in the mail. I was being summoned to the court and I wasn't sure why. So here I am trying to figure out life again. There was a mess with my family and the whole situation and with this man and you know, but I wanted a fresh beginning. I wanted something new and those past months for me were just, you know, a month of destruct So being with my so-called husband now, we were trying to figure out why was I being called to the court? I had not committed any ticket violations. I had not, um, you know, gotten against the law or anything. So I show up to court and I was being, um, I was going to be sustained for the cause of bigamy. I didn't know what the word bigamy meant until they told me what the word bigamy meant, which bigamy is being married twice in the same state in the same place, blah, blah, blah. And I was so confused. I was like, "Um, I think you guys are mistaking me. I've only gotten married once. And they said, No, 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 here, the records show. And sure enough, they pull up the records. And sure enough, the other paper has my name on it, too. So I start revising the records, but this so called ex boyfriend now used a different last name. So He never put my same name. Anyways, so I ended up figuring out that he had forged papers. He had forged so much under my name. So when he had taken me four hours out, he already had a plan. He already had a little mission going on of how he was going to take me out of the country and onto a different country and legally be married. So... I was so thrown off when the court had summoned me I was so thrown off when I had seen two different evidence two different papers and from there I started having to go to court so after I had gone to hell with him after he had done everything he had done now I was gonna continue a different trauma which was going to court, fighting something that should have never been under my name. So the first court he shows up to, he's looking at me with aggression, but at the same time, looking at me like he had done nothing. So when I took him to court and I started showing the court how uh, my signature was, how we had never been together, um, the time that he he was saying, he had been telling the court and his his um lawyer that we were married we we had an apartment that we were living already together that he made up this whole scenario seeming that we had gotten married and here I was trying to prove to the court that me and him had never lived together and we were only boyfriend and girlfriend so to make this short I won I won the court after about a year of, you know, settlements going in, going out, fighting and whatnot. I I won the court. I won everything that he had placed out he got a restraining order against me. He, they did get him for fraud. So they did not get him for bigamy. They did not remove any of that, but they did get him for fraud, uh, for being, for signs, you know, forging signatures that he shouldn't have. I thought that was the end of it. I said, finally, we are done. That was not the end of it. Here I am summoned to court again. He was claiming that the baby I was carrying at the time. So, um, a year and a half later in he was claiming that the baby i was carrying was his so here i am in court once again fighting against him that this baby was never his how how was i gonna get pregnant with him if it had been over a year and a half since i hadn't seen him but he was just stirring up the pot he was making hell he was telling my husband that um, we had been seeing each other behind his back, not to believe me, not to. So he was just making a mess for me. And sure enough, I had to go get a DNA test. I had to do all this nine yard just to drop the, uh, he was requesting shared custody. So to be able to drop that, I had to prove that he was not even the father. That's where my situation ends with him. I did see him about three years ago. After almost 10 years, I did see him about three years ago. um, And that's because my father passed away. My father and him kept um, a good friendship. And so um, we all voted that just, just to honor their friendship, he was allowed to say goodbye to my father. But man, oh, man, it was a roller coaster.
1: That is quite the tale. And first of all, props to you for being smart enough in a moment where you could have been terrified when this man is literally taking you away from your family. You have no idea where you're going. And you were so oh smart. God. You thought, you know what? I have to get to someone immediately. So props to you for doing that. I think anybody listening can take that. I mean, worst, I mean, God, I hope nothing ever like that happens to anybody listening. But I hope if- not. Yeah, what an important Mm -hmm. uh, thing to remember if that ever does happen. Um, That was so quick-witted of you. Were you like traumatized after that? Were you okay? Or was he just- Yes, no,
0: it took took a while. um, It took a while um, for me to get over that fact um, of what had happened and the the way he handled things because um, in my family, there was a lot of domestic violence, not towards the kids, but in between my parents, there was a lot of domestic violence. So I had already had trauma and he just caked the trauma Um, It took a couple of years before I actually seeked help And I actually um, got help from a therapist and we worked things out and I was able to um, he he helped me how to overcome trauma and how to reset myself again. So
1: it it took a while. So I I did end up with some trauma because of that. How was your relationship with your father afterwards? If my dad abandoned me in that moment, I would have a really hard time forgiving him. Yes. So that that did happen on my side. I, I was very
0: angry with him. Um, But then I, I kind of I tried understanding the situation on his perspective. Um, because again, I didn't come home. (laughs) So even though he had accused me of running away with him, I ended up doing it in a different way, just with a different person. So I understand my father was angry with me. I was angry with him. It took a good five years before our relationship was the same. And I can't say a relationship will ever be the same. But you know, I, I tried putting my two cents in to make things work. And because my father, I knew my father was such a great grandfather, I couldn't I couldn't um, be in the middle of um, him being a grandpa. So I tried my best, but um, it took a very long time for me to forgive him and in, in not believing me, not believing his child over somebody else.
1: Well, good for yeah. you. It takes a lot of character to be able to forgive someone who's done you so wrong in such a heartbreaking way, what would you say is the one thing that's helped you get through the recovery and healing from this? I think the one thing that really
0: helped me was my husband, even though he was pretty skeptical, even though he was a third wheel in this whole process, he was the biggest support he paid through all the fees, of course, money's not everything. But when it comes to needing the money, he never said no, he went ahead and did it all. Even through my family's, you know, hard time ship with them. He was always the big rock and the biggest support telling me, advising me just to give them time. And, you know, I'm um, giving them kind of credit on why they felt the way they felt. So he, he was a big eye opening and he was such a big support. So I think if it wasn't for my husband, I I would have maybe had a different mindset.
1: Gotcha. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I mean, we've covered so much and like this was quite an extensive story. Is there anything you want people to know just from your experience that you haven't said yet that you kind of want to leave us on? I guess the one advice I can give any woman or any
0: man that goes through something similar or that might head that direction is always speak up. Let someone know, don't keep quiet. There has to be a friend or anybody that listens. Always keep someone in the loop on what's going on. Because God forbid something happens to you and nobody knows where you're at.
1: Tune in on Thursday, I'm talking to a women's self-defense specialist. I think that is the biggest lesson we can take from this week's main episode is how do you defend yourself when you're put in a vulnerable position like that against your will? I mean, ugh, it was terrifying to listen to, but at least we can try and be proactive about it. I'll see you whenever you decide to tune in next.